back to Organis Arena on Con Ave here in Boston on the campus of Boston University. The score at the end of one is BU2, Merrimack 1. I'm Mike Mackin with John Lee. Tonight's first intermission is brought to you, as always, by Fuddruckers, an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure you stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. Located just down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street. They also have locations in Reading and Salem, New Hampshire. Well, joining us here in the first intermission, Jock Conley, Boston Herald, and uh, pretty good first period here, I thought, Jock, with a lot of shots on goal, uh, unofficially 14-14 to between the teams. Merrimack takes a one to nothing lead off a draw. BU ends up with a power play goal, and then another last-minute goal. Uh, pretty good period, as I said. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty evenly played uh, uh, period. I thought both teams started to skate better as, as the game went on. I don't know if they had the, the holiday malaise uh, starting out, but uh, they get into it. and uh, You know, like I say, pretty pretty even play. Uh, I don't think you could fault uh, you know, Pat and uh, Pantano there on, on the, the rebound goal there. I mean, there were two or three players uh, there that could have maybe tied up Cronin or cleared the puck away. But, you know, it was a bing-bing play. So, uh, good, I guess, good play all around by BU. So, you know. And I thought on both of the uh, each of the team's first goals, Greasock off the draw, you know, and then the BU goal that ended up coming later in the period, uh, Ference's goal, the power play goal. Both of them screenshots the goaltenders probably didn't see it. Right, and I think both teams, uh, you know, one of their weaknesses is uh, faceoffs. I think they have to work on that a little, get a little, you know, a little better at in, in the circle and, and make sure they tie people up, you know, get pucks to the along the boards and don't don't let the opposing center have a free reign there in the circle. So, uh, but we'll see what happens happens in the second period. The interesting thing about the Clonin goal was uh, he started his career, uh, scored four goals in, his, in the first seven games that he played. He went the next 97 games without a goal until the, a few moments ago. So uh, that's why you saw the uh, a little extra celebration on the BU uh, bench there when he scored. Yeah, he was pretty excited, no question about it. Um, looking at both these two teams, I guess, quick quick thoughts on where you think that they stand here, you know, coming into the home stretch here, Hockey East, about 10 games so to go in league play for both clubs. BU also has the beat part, which we'll talk about in a minute. But BU's been making these this slow rise up the standings. You know, they win tonight. They're within striking distance of first place. Uh, Merrimack at the same time, you know, has been playing better of late and trying to get into that that situation. Maybe, maybe trying to get that last uh, eighth playoff spot in Hockey East. Where do you think things shake out for both these clubs? Well, I mean, I, I think with Merrimack, it's just a matter of time. I think, you know, they have some young freshmen that are, you know, that are playing well, like Griescock and... Uh, they're the sophomore Tyler Irvin's playing well, so um, you know it, it'll just take time. It, the, you know, the more ice time they get, they, they'll just improve. Uh, I, I think they, you know, they still have a shot at the playoffs. I think uh, Maine having uh, you know the three games in hand kind of is a, you know a little tough. Uh, they're going to so there's not a lot of margin for error from Merrimack standpoint. Uh, as far as BU, uh, I, again, I've said this for years. Uh, one of the biggest problems, uh, and it's also a plus for their program, but it's also their biggest bugaboo, and that's uh, this wonderful building that they play in, and the fact that uh, the NHL scouts like to come around. And uh, I, I think the problem is that these kids get distracted, and uh, sometimes uh, having the youngest team in the country, it gets a, a little tough to coach. Uh, you know, when you got uh, agents and scouts and parents and everybody whispering NHL in your ears, and uh, so I think they they have to buckle down. And I think probably having the bean pod roll around at the 
you know, probably a precise time for them uh, could be a, a big help. Because that is often the case, right? I mean, BU tends to play better at that time, and uh, oftentimes wins the beat pot springboards off of that to a, to a strong final month or two of the season. But you've also got, especially in recent years, the emergence of Northeastern, you know, as a, as a legitimate, you know, beat pot contender and now having won, won it as well. BC and Harvard look pretty good also. It should be another pretty good tournament this year. How do you see it? Well, it's, it's certainly Northeastern is a prohibitive favorite. Uh, you know, the, the, they won last year, but the, 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 the only time in their history that they won back-to-back was 84-85, so they'll be out to try to duplicate that. Uh, I think with BC's, uh, you know, they've been a little the Jekyll and Hyde this year. Uh, they still haven't put it together, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'd say they're a bit of a long shot, uh, you know, in this tournament this year. I think Harvard, you know, of course, you know, with everybody focusing so much on Hockey East, they fall under the radar screen, but they, they have some real good freshmen in uh, Rathbone on defense, and uh, Drury, uh, who's the son of Ted Drury, and nephew of Chris Drury, uh, they have some really good players, and uh, they have a kid named uh, Jack Bedini, who's probably one of the best, if not the best, face-off artists in the country. Uh, last week, he was ranked number two in the country. He was winning, winning something uh, ridiculous, like 70% of his draws. So, uh, as a team, they're, they're about fifth in, in face-off. So, they, they, they could surprise, again, their, their, their weakness, or their question mark, I should say, is in goal. Uh, Lackey's looked sharp at times, and then other nights he's, you know, leaves you a little scratch in your head. So uh, we'll see what happens. If they can get some goaltending, uh, I'd say watch out for Harvard. You know, when talking about uh, about Harvard, you didn't even mention Adam Fox, who might be the best defenseman in the entire tournament. When you, I mean, I saw uh, somebody tweeted earlier this week, you know, the three finalists maybe for the Hobie legitimately could be all defensemen when you factor in, you know, Kale McCarr at UMass, for example, who's got to be the favorite right now, you know, and some of the other good defensemen around the country. Uh, you know, Adam Fox is, is right there as well. Yeah, I mean, he and of course he's the older player, there's the veteran, so he that may garner him a little more uh, impetus with the uh, with the committee. I don't know how how they'll they'll weigh that. Uh, I mean, certainly you have Quinn Hughes out there at Michigan, who's a phenomenal player, as we saw against BU in the playoff slide NCAA tournament. And of course, I had a chance to watch Makar again uh, over the weekend back to back, and uh, he's just a phenomenal player. A, lot, a real great skater uh, has a couple of uh, I don't, I don't I, this is probably an unfair comparison but he has a little touch of Brian Leach in, in him uh, so that's a nice uh, a couple of attributes to have uh, but uh, he's, he's just, he, not only is he a great player but off the ice he's a real good kid and, and it's nice to watch and uh, uh, you know it's too bad uh, UMass isn't going to have him next year because uh, I'm sure the Colorado Avalanche is going to open up the bank vault and, and uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, great kid, and uh, I think they're all three are great candidates. Fox certainly, uh, you know, with the veteran presence and, and the ability to play both ends of the ice, uh, you know, uh, is right there with uh, Hughes and uh, and, uh, and McCaw, So, well, Jocko, you talk about the Bean Pot non-league uh, tournament, Boston College. What is the streak now at 25, 26 straight now without a non-league win? That, that's unprecedented, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, you know, again, uh, you know. It, it, it's, it's everybody's jumping on them uh, for their you know like I say their Jekyll and Hyde streak, but uh, it, in some ways it's not expected. Uh, you know to have that consistency over 25, 30 years, and everybody forgets that two years ago uh, on defense they had names like you know like Hannafin and Matheson and uh, McCoshin and Santini, and 
and you know all those guys jumped right away to the NHL and, and a couple of them jumped in August and while it's easy to replace and reload when you're at a high profile program like that uh, when you're always replacing NHL guys or Olympians and, and they ha- you have that marquee name to attract you know recruits it's still tough when one or two jump in, in August I mean they'd still have Alex Taka same thing with BU you look at they'd still have McAvoy and Eichel and uh, and uh, Keller and a few other guys so and, and again not to feel sorry for these programs because as I say it's, it's easy to rebuild and reload when you're in that position but I'm just saying that sometimes some years it does catch up to you and um, you know you just have to I don't know plan better and just uh, just you know kind of soldier through it and hope for the best and, and keep on working hard. Uh, Albie O'Connell in his first year now uh, for the BU Terriers uh, following the footsteps now David Quinn who returned with the New York Rangers over the weekend uh, you, you know you get to watch the, the the Boston team you've seen a lot of BU over the years uh, how's the first year going here for Albie? Well I think if you look back even David Quinn his first year he struggled really bad and uh, and, and people were you know scratching their heads and, and all that stuff but you got to give him time too I mean uh, you know even though he has been the recruiter here and brought in some players um, you know sometimes uh, you know a head coach wants to you know tinker with the, the power play or the the penalty kill and maybe uh, now that he's the head man maybe he doesn't quite or he finds out he doesn't quite have the right players for his system and sometimes it takes a little while to, to work out all the, the, the kinks but uh, um, I think Albia will be alright and again as they say with this facility and with the you know the uh, the, 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 tree, the tree of uh, coaching uh, and, and scouts and players uh, out there that uh, they can rely on to get those kind of players in uh, I don't think Albie will have too much of a problem. Yeah, they've gotten better as well over the season, so that should only continue here. Jocko, thanks a lot. We certainly appreciate your time. Uh, great to see you. Folks, check out his work by, in the Boston Herald and online at bostonherald.com. Thanks, Jocko. My pleasure. Thanks, Mike. All right, the score here at the end of one is 2-1, to one, BU leading Merrimack. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.